0: Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time to talk a little spring football. Right now, we're going to focus on the Utes with the former Ute, Kyle Gunther. Kyle, good morning.
1: David, Patrick, how are you gentlemen?
0: Excellent. Good. We want to start with a big-picture question for you here on the Utes, and that is, where should expectations be? PK, uh a few days ago was blindsiding me with uh, some uh, way-too-early bowl predictions that had the Utes being really good. and going. I mean, you got to be really good if you're going back to the Alamo Bowl. I had them in the Alamo Bowl. And I'm thinking, is that a reflection on the rest of the conference? Is that a reflection on the Utes? Not maybe reloading, but closer to reloading than rebuilding. They're certainly sending a lot of guys off to the NFL, key players, big numbers on the defensive side. How high are your expectations for the Utes?
1: Well, because of where Kyle Whittingham has taken this program consistently over the last decade, my expectations would be much higher at Utah versus a school like UCLA or Colorado or Arizona, for example. Losing as much talent as the youths are losing, that should cripple most programs. It's not going to do that for this Utah team. Their core is still there. The core values of the program, they've got good, strong players on the offensive and defensive lines, but... You guys tell me the last time you lost an all-time leading rusher, a three-year starter at quarterback, the entire secondary, but I'm going through Utah's 2020 schedule, I see 8 wins. And I don't think that's outlandish. Anytime you, you know, you project 8 wins, maybe it's 7, maybe it's 9, but this is a Utah team that's better than UCLA, that's better than Colorado next year, better than Arizona. Arizona State and USC, I think, have a lot of talent coming back. I think those are the teams you're going to hear mentioned at the top of the Pac-12 South. But, yeah, this is a very difficult test for this Utah team that's going to send maybe eight guys to the draft. I mean, maybe nine or ten total to the NFL. So my expectations are that this is going to be a pretty different offense uh, in year two under Andy Ludwig and then we'll see how many of these young corners the Utes have recruited, how many of these young safeties the Utes have recruited over the last few years can step in and and fill some of those voids on defense. But uh, this may be the first year in a long time that Utah's offense has to carry some of the slack from Utah's defense, at least early on, while Utah's defense figures it out. You know They might be starting two or three freshmen on defense. So I think Utah's offense – is going to be very different with Jake Bentley at quarterback. I think they're going to be very much a passing-oriented offense that may have to outscore some people because last year's Utah defense was maybe the best ever. They're not going to quite have that same level of talent in 2020, but I still see eight wins for this Utah team next year. So do you predict Bentley or expect Bentley to be the heavy favorite to win the job, or you still think it's going to be a competition? Well, Cam Rising is very talented. And go look at who recruited both of these guys. They're both four-star quarterbacks. Cam Rising has a little bit more mobility, although he's not a mobile quarterback. Jake Bentley and, and Cam Rising are both pocket passers. But Jake Bentley has done it at the highest of levels. And Jake Bentley is the ideal transfer scenario. He did not get in trouble. He didn't get beat out. I mean, he had a good career going at South Carolina at a very good program at the best conference of college football on earth. And he broke his foot severely last year. A young player came in and, and had some success. And so that just kind of happens in football. But I do believe Jake Bentley is the favorite. Uh, if you go back and watch some of the things he was able to do at South Carolina, he's able to make very aggressive throws. You're talking about corner routes. You're talking about go routes. Deep routes that are, you know, he's throwing to guys that are, that are covered. And he's throwing them open at times. He's not Pat Mahomes. Uh, by any stretch, but he's got a big arm, and he is a confident passer, and I expect Andy Ludwig's offense to be dramatically different next year. Uh, Jake Bentley is a better passer than Cam Rising and Tyler Huntley right now. Uh, Tyler Huntley was a much better playmaker. Tyler Huntley's legs and his overall leadership, that led to a lot of wins at Utah, but Jake Bentley doesn't have that. He's going to beat you with his arm, and Utah's receiving core looks like it could be a strength for the first time in in many years that's the bulk of their returning talent on offense brian thompson and solomon enos i think are poised to have a big year uh jalen dixon can still be that deep threat i'm excited for the tight ends to see how they can be used but uh, i think jake bentley is the guy because he's done it in games cam rising the last time he did it in a game it was at the high school level and bless his heart there's a lot of us that were very good in high school There's a lot of people listening, I'm sure, that were very good in high school. But to actually get it done in the games when it's you know the stakes are very high, it's not just that you don't want your team to lose. It's that in the SEC you get hurt every single play potentially. Guys are breaking your feet, breaking your knees. It's a very dangerous game, and Jake Bentley's done it at a very high level, so I assume that he is the favorite heading into spring.
0: Wow, you talked about the passing game like that, and all I saw was Kyle Winningham's head exploding. But Zach Moss is gone. If they don't have another Zach Moss, that just lends themselves to what you're talking about. And I think having another Zach Moss is a very high bar. Do they have a feature back who can get 20 carries a game and 1,000 yards in a season?
1: No, I think they have two backs, though, that can can try to combine to be what Zach Moss was. Uh, I think Jordan Wilmore showed you last year he's got innate skills, but he was a freshman. uh, And I think he's got a really unique ability to create plays Uh, He's got the ability to run with some violence. Uh, Devin Brumfield is a battering ram, and I like the combination of those two, but you'd be a fool to not use Zach Moss. And clearly there was a coordinator a couple of years ago who couldn't figure it out, but Andy Ludwig realized you just give Zach Moss the ball 30 times a game, and it gave the Utes 11 wins last year. Now, I'm not saying the Utes are going to run the air raid offense in 2020, but you you have to gear your offense towards the skill set of your players And and in college, I mean, it's towards the quarterback. What does your quarterback do best? And if Jake Bentley is able to beat out Cam Rising and win that job, Jake Bentley's a pocket passer. Uh, He's going to utilize that play action, uh, and he's not going to look at his first receiver, his first option, and then take off and run. No, there's plenty of times you can see Jake Bentley at South Carolina looking to his primary receiver and then looking to the other side of the field to try to find the open player. He's going to go through a read progression, better than any quarterback in recent history for the Utes. So it doesn't mean that Bentley's going to throw it 40 times a game. It means that when the Utes need a big play to be made with the arm of the quarterback, they're going to have that at their disposal this year. I think he and Brian Thompson are going to be a dynamic duo there and able to create big plays through the air. Whereas, you know, Tyler Huntley so often would create plays through the air on a broken play. Let's say the coverage breaks down, Tyler Huntley would scramble out of the pocket and that, in and of itself, is a way to create a play through the air because the defense sees a quarterback break contained and they think, okay, he's going to run. But Huntley had that ability to flip the script then and throw the ball down the field. Jake Bentley is going to be much more of a traditional pocket passer. So if you're one of those Utah fans that for years has been clamoring for an offense that's, uh, that's more potent through the air, that's a little more exciting, you're probably going to get that in 2020. Now, that might lead to... You know, through no fault of his own, this might be a 7- or an 8-win Utah team, but they're going to have that impressive passing attack. Uh, but no, Kyle Whittingham, is. I mean, it's a common misconception. He's not against the passing game. He's not opposed to it. He hates turnovers. And when you've got a quarterback like, I don't know, Travis Wilson or Tyler Huntley, that typically when you ask him to throw the ball more than 30 times, that leads to turnovers. That's why Kyle Whittingham is against it. But if Jake Bentley or Cam Rising can be conservative with the football and not make the big mistake, they can throw it 35 times. Winningham's not going to have a problem with that. And I do predict you'll see a a little more of a pass-heavy offense this year for the youths in 2020.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that compared to the prior years that we've had, for
1: sure. And so if I can, I don't want to say assume, but have a fair level of confidence that the quarterback is decent – then, with that in mind, my biggest concern as far as the football team goes specifically is on the safeties because if I think if you're young there, you might be in trouble. Yeah, and it's not just the safeties. I mean, Jalen Johnson, Javelin Guidry, they're gone as well. It's one of the best defensive back cores that Utah's ever had a year ago, one of the best defensive lines the Utes have ever had. There's a ton of questions on defense, but when was the last time Utah had a bad defense? You know, so we're talking about a year ago, maybe the best defense ever. And in 2020, maybe Utah's defense is ranked third in the Pac 12 or fourth or something. I mean, it's not going to be this dramatic drop off. But you mentioned the safeties, PK, and there's a guy in Nate Ritchie who was a pretty good recruit from Lone Peak High School who reminds me a lot of what Chase Hansen was back in the day. Chase Hansen, yeah, he was a quarterback, but he was a 210 pound. A uh, barrel-chested bar- barrel man out there running people over, and he became a very good player and, and an NFL-caliber linebacker, an all-conference-caliber linebacker. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if Nate Ritchie's going to stay at safety in the long term. Uh, maybe he moves up and plays that linebacker spot, but Vontae Davis, another guy who was a pretty high-level recruit a couple of years ago, uh, you've got to let these guys develop. Uh, what was that? La Correa Pleasant Johnson from a couple of years ago. He's a high level recruit. These guys had multiple Pac 12 offers. They need to come in and show what their talent level is. And Morgan Scally and Kyle Whittingham have recruited very well defensively. Sharif Shaw is an incredible recruiter. So now it's time to see the fruits of, the, of that labor. But man, you, you see the career trajectory of Nate Ritchie and it it potentially could be a lot of what you saw from Chase Hansen. So uh, there's another guy, uh, Van Fillinger, who I remember was uh, I think he transferred into the state. He was a very high-level recruit. The youth recruiting classes have been getting better each year since probably 2016, and that's when you're going to need to see these guys step up. But this is not going to be the top-ranked pass defense in the Pac-12. Maybe not the top-rush defense, but I mean, the covers are not there at Utah. I think the worst-case scenario for Utah defensively is they're probably the fourth or the fifth-ranked defense in the Pac-12. But, man, I, I do think you're going to see Utah's offense lead the way at times in 2020.
0: Kyle Gunther, former Ute, joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. All right, we've toyed with you long enough. Now let's get to what you really want to talk about. We had Kyle Winningham on the air, and he was talking about the challenges with the offense got to replace a quarterback, got to replace a running back, got to replace a left tackle. And he said going through the numbers in the offseason, which is what you do this time of year, every coaching staff's staff's doing it, he said the one that jumps out is fourth and short, fourth and one, maybe fourth and two, not nearly good enough. So that's two things to attack there. How do you, what do you think they're going to do at left tackle? Because they got a lot of guys back on the line, but that's, that's the spot they got to fix. And then what can they do on fourth and short?
1: Utah's offensive line was not good enough there last year. And, and it's been cool the last couple of years to see Utah go for it on a lot of fourth downs. Fourth and short is a down that you have to win as an offense 75% of the time. Because you should only have maybe you know, less than 10 of those on the year probably. But Utah's interior offensive line was not good enough because they were moving guys around. Uh, Nick Ford is a guard. He is not a tackle. Uh, He's a great guard. He's just a good offensive tackle. He can be in the NFL as a center or a guard, and I think he will. But as far as the left tackle goes, that's a big concern for a lot of programs at any P5 school. Uh, I was really surprised, uh, pleasantly surprised to see what Darren Paulo did a couple of years ago moving from the right side to the left side. That is not an easy transition. Playing tackle in a right-handed stance is much different than playing in a left-handed stance. You go against tougher players on the left side. You are one-on-one more often on the left side of that offensive line. So the Utes are going to move Simi Mawala over there in the short term, and I'm not sure that's going to stick. Uh, Simi Mawala got a lot better last year, but he had the same problem that a lot of right tackles have. Uh, a little stiff, stiffer than a wedding day bow tie at times. You've got to learn to bend. Darren Paulo had an incredible ability to bend. And Bam Adele does as well. Now, Bam is a lock to play right tackle. He can do that. The question is if Bam can play left tackle, that's an ideal scenario. You can keep Sini Mawala on the right side. There's also a name, a guy, Sata Oalaumea from Southern California. He's the highest-rated high school offensive lineman the Utes have ever landed. Bam Olaseni and uh, Garrett Bowles, they were four-star Juco guys, but it's much different from the high school level. Sata Olaalmea might be in the mix, although I think he probably ends up at guard long term. So the cupboards are—they're not bare on the offensive line. But to go back to 2019, is maybe the only disappointing area of Utah's football team in 2019 was the offensive line. And in 2020, you're going to see some guys shift around. But Orlando Yumana and Nick Ford are mainstays; they're very good players. I'm not sure why Brayden Daniels would get beat out at the other guard spot. Uh, he was young last year, and he was light. He screwed up a couple of times, as did Nick Ford, but you know, part of that is they asked Nick Ford to play a bunch of different positions last year. That can be a challenge. So I think they need to keep the inside three the same. Maybe it's Daniels on the left side, Yumana at center, and Nick Ford at right guard. Maybe you switch the guards, but keep those three guys consistent inside. Stop asking Nick Ford to play tackle half the time, and I think you'll see more consistency there, but uh, Bam Olaseni, He had an offer to Notre Dame and Auburn and uh, I think Old Miss as well. He's one of the best athletes you're ever going to see, 340 pounds. Got banged up last year. We never really got to see what he can do, but that's the X factor for the offensive line. Bam Oleseni filling in at maybe at left tackle. If not, then Simi Moala's got to shift over to left tackle. But uh, Utah's offensive line was not great a year ago. They may not be great this year, uh, but I think it's going to be a much different offense. Again, to go back to the quarterback, Jake Bentley, he's not a mobile guy. Neither is Cam Rising. You're not going to see a ton of this option attack. And as a player, I hated the option. Uh, as a fan of college football, I do not like the read option. Because as an offensive line, you just want to block for You want to know what the play is. Tell me the hole that we're opening, and we'll open it up. If it's the four hole, if it's the five hole, left, or you know whatever, tell us, and we'll do it. The the read-option play is so predicated on having a mobile quarterback. I've never understood the, the idea of relying on your quarterback to take 20 hits a game. I don't think we're going to see that going forward. Tyler Huntley was tough as nails. He got banged up a lot, but he was too much a part of the running game. For years, certainly under Troy Taylor. But even a year ago, I thought there were times where you could have seen Zach Moss get the ball more often. But uh, going forward, it's going to be more of a traditional running attack. It's going to be Jordan Wilmore or Devin Brumfield getting the ball, or you're going to see Jake Bentley or Cam Rising throw it. So that'll be the main difference, and I think that'll be easier on the offensive line. You can really pin your ears back. You can put weight on your hand and fire out when it's a run play, and that'll open things up for Utah's play-action game. But, uh, yeah, Utah's offensive line has just about as many questions this year as they did a year ago. You talked about the chest hair of Nate Ritchie. Have you found the amount of chest hair can correlate
0: to the amount of ability?
1: I tell you what. You think I'm joking. There were guys. (laughs) I remember in high school. uh, There was a guy. We were 15. He had a full beard. He had chest hair. He kicked everybody's ass up and down the field. He was 5'11", 220. Guess what? When we were seniors, he was 5'11", 220. Everybody else started shaving, and it wasn't the same level of player. Uh, John Pennacini. I was a full-grown man two years ago. Uh, I didn't shave until I was 19 and a half. You know, so some of us were not blessed with that. I think I had to start shaving regularly, but maybe I was like 30 years old. So that matters. That's testosterone. That's development. <laughs> yeah, these guys that have chest hair and beards, I mean, look at Chase Hansen. He had a full-blown man's body at 18 years old. Some of us have to wait till we're 21 or 22. Hell, some of us never get a full-grown man's body. So it does matter DJ? when you're recruiting a kid who's got a mustache at 15 yeah he's gonna be pretty good he's gonna continue to grow and develop there uh, and so it it does matter some of these guys physical maturity uh, you can see it right away but then there's the case of the babyface killer Jackson Barton oh yeah when he first showed up to Utah <laughs> man he, he smile he had a big smile he had a big heart uh, he was a little stiff and look at him he just won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs now I'm not sure he shaves To this day. So there are anomalies, but for the most part, you want your guys to look and play like a full grown man. And so that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm half joking about that, but man, you look at Nate Ritchie. He looks like a 21 year old man ready to go out there. So that kind of stuff does matter. Or maybe I'm just self conscious because I was an underdeveloped, barely pubescent man, boy, when I got to Utah. And I was a little scared by. You know, how I, I met Cioni Puhar. He was 22 years old with kids when I got to Utah. I had barely turned 18. I didn't know how to shave with shaving cream and a regular razor. Morgan County had kids. I'm like, these are men. It matters, and uh, it matters today.
0: Well, I'm glad we got through that without you breaking down back hair. So maybe we'll just uh, <laughs> we'll just end it right here, Kyle.
1: Well, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm an expert in all things hair, and uh, I appreciate you guys excited for uh, spring football. Thanks for
0: having me on. Thanks, Kyle. Kyle Gunther, former Utah football player, join us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.